Let's start recording the actual podcast. Uh, oh, I thought we were in it. We no, were warmed we, up, though, yeah, for sure. We got to stop it with these all-natural, super organic <laughs> Granola, intros. Nature's Valley intros. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> we, do a little bit of, we do a little bit of Twitch-only content. So that incentivizes okay. people to come watch the intro on Twitch, right? That's why we have all those hundreds of people watching us on Twitch right now. Right. We're no, live now, exactly. though, right? We are live. We've been live okay. for a little while now. Okay. Well, now we're on, I mean, live for the podcast. We record a podcast? Is this okay? Is this podcast <laughs> content right now? Are we a podcast? Wait, is I this was a YouTube content? video. <laughs> yes. We we record a podcast that we then cut and release on YouTube, uh, only to then recut it off of YouTube. Like we go to YouTube oh, to MP3, we download it from YouTube. Awful. Uh, YouTube to MP3 it. We take that MP3, we then cut it into a podcast and release it on uh, how, Stitcher Premium. How many times has this been compressed? <laughs> Like 25. 25 times. It's so that ND, so that NDA I signed, what was that yeah. for? Yeah. Oh, that that completely is, different. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> when we when Just, we have when we have people sign an NDA, it's more for us, so we don't disclose anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By right, the way, for those sense. of you listening, I think this is podcast content now. Yes. Uh, I'm Jan. <laughs> I'm Darius. That's and this is our guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Mark. Yay! Great. Mark Cooper, Hi. welcome Hi. to the podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we've wanted to have Mark on for a long time and really excited that we finally get to have him on. Right. Um, sorry for Twitch listeners, but this is a repeated bit. Dylan is no longer a host on Track to the Holodeck and we are auditioning right? new hosts. We did the work that we should have done a year and a half ago and three seasons ago and we scrubbed history of Dylan's <laughs> Twitter and we found a lot of gatekeeping issues with his yeah. with his Twitter. And it's funny because it wasn't even gatekeeping for Star Trek. It was gatekeeping no. for Star Wars. And we're like, Yeah. What if that leaks? What if that leaks right. into the Star Trek world? Right. Uh who okay, so we were all exposed <laughs> to gatekeepers on Star Trek Twitter. And it's it's annoying when I like kind of agree with them, but not about the gatekeeping part. <laughs> Give an example of this. Well, well, I'm saying like, okay, so for example, I think like I'm finally kind of into discovery. I think it's finally kind of hit its groove, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's like, yeah, it is annoying. Sometimes it's very annoying, but it's still, it's it's still Star Trek. It's annoying when you agree with gatekeepers for a completely different reason. (laughs) <laughs> where you're like, yes, I hate Discovery, but I don't hate Discovery because it's all diverse. I hate Discovery because they wrote it badly. Like- <laughs> yeah, story issues, it's okay to not like because there's gay characters, not okay right. to not like. <laughs> no, right. I, I think, um, I, don't who, I don't know who I was talking about this with, and it might have been you, Mark, I don't know. Um, but I, I've recently kind of nailed down a thing that bothered me about this latest season of Discovery. It's not that there are gay characters. It's that they made the gayest, the queerest family in the universe. They like all the all the <laughs> queer characters are just their own. Right. It's just like okay, Pot so we have <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like well, why does the yeah why do we'll why does the trans you? character <laughs> yeah we'll adopt oh. you oh oh and you have like not an imaginary person but you know like a trans person who is also dead like a dead ghost non binary imaginary <laughs> right. ghost is now your it's like 
<laughs> it's like, and and we like we see you, which is I'm sure a moment that is manufactured, um, and could be touching, uh, and and probably was very touching for a lot of people. But I just like in that moment, I was like, this is so much. This is so much <laughs> in this moment. Um, but feel free to to completely disagree because I'm I'm not a queer person. Um, I don't have that experience. But it just felt to me like they shoehorned everybody into that family and um to me that lessened the impact of a lot of things speaking as a queer person for yes for so long not having any queer characters it's nice to see queer characters in the show but also Mm -hmm. again yeah having them all be like okay here's our queer section and here's our everyone else it's like okay yeah here we go (laughs) right yeah i think it would be much more sorry go ahead test of like Hey, can we just have a queer character on the show and not make it a, a deal at all and just have them be a character? Like the yeah. <laughs> God, the the Trump, the amount of therapy that that family has to go through though, too. Cause also let's not forget that Colbert died. Right. <laughs> so he, right. It's like, he's an undead <laughs> man. It's like, as well. Oh, you're the first human to ever have a trill symbiont <laughs> in you. Also, you're gay. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is very, but you know what? They are all very, the one thing we've all agreed on, on this podcast is that the discovery crew is so, has like pretty high emotional intelligence and they're really good about communicating that aspect. They're not good at communicating plot things or what needs to happen or even like how they Michael deal ha- with their emotional. <laughs> yeah. But they are very open I mean, it's and they process. It's 1100 years in the future. I would hope they would get there at this point. I mean, <laughs> Eventually. <it's> like- <laughs> right. um, I haven't seen the, the teaser for the new season, but I have seen the pictures of the new Ferengi. And I think this is something we should talk about because it's a very oh, Ferengi. I gotta Google this. Google the new Ferengi episode. Oh, yeah. God. And just so you know, we're doing business as usual from Deep Space Nine, season five, episode 18 today, which is, I think, one of the best. I, I love the Ferengi episodes in general on Deep Space Nine, but one of the best Quark episodes, period. Maybe the best. I don't know. Okay, so they didn't go full discovery redesign. No, they didn't cling on the Frankies, but they 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 did did. them like the Andorians, where they just made them pointier. Yeah, let's add some more ridges and points. I don't. Let's make it harder to cosplay. I don't agree with the ears. Yeah, I don't. They're kind of gobliny now. This is this is. reflects the original drawings of the Ferengi from TNG when they were doing like the Roddenberry drawings of the TNG. So did they add did they add big dicks? Originally the ears <laughs> were pointy. <laughs> Listen, they're giant schlongs. Did they just yeah. give a big As dick? A gay they person, show I that appreciate lower. <laughs> I appreciate a giant dick. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, of Giant course. So Just, this yeah. is the other thing about Discovery now is they also there's an entire all Ferengi are queer now, uh, and that <laughs> that's new. Um, I, but that, uh, that is uh, so. Mark, thank you for that piece of trivia. I did not know that they were ba- this new redesign yeah. are based on the original. If you look at concept. The, if art. you look at the eighty seven, the eighty seven drawings, they have the points uh-huh. on the ears. Interesting. Interesting. So why did they decide though? To go with a concept art that was not used. I don't know. Because of Discovery and they want to be different. Discovery. (laughs) Why did they decide to completely redesign Klingons so they can't talk? 
All the rubbers got to be oh, so hard God. to talk through. <laughs> I just I, hope that they don't make the Ferengi like a bummer. Why? They're so fun. The other he's, thing that I'm wondering he's in Starfleet, they, right? Yeah, he is in Starfleet. Why did they make the eyes so close together? Or is that just a single character? We don't know yet. But like, let's not. Yeah, that might be the actor. Yeah. And, and, uh, Traditionally, Ferengi's in Starfleet aren't a bummer, right? Nog was great. Y'all lost me, didn't you? Just for a second. I did lose you briefly there. I said, traditionally, Ferengis and Starfleet weren't a bummer. Nog never went through anything that was like super depressing, right? No. (laughs) Not. We will have to do those episodes eventually. And I know you really want to. It's because we also really want to, Mark. Dibs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But even when it's a bummer with Nog, it's, I don't know. There's some just just joy, I think, in in and maybe this is just a testament to those actors, okay. these actors who play these. I know. could be wrong on this on this uh, picture too, but it doesn't look like the teeth are very pointy. Yeah, there's there's apparently some hypothesis that this is actually a half Ferengi. Okay, that he might be a Ferengi that is also Romulan. Okay, and so, and because of the pointy ears is what they were pointing at. But if right. it's more because of the concept art, Mark, then maybe, maybe not. Maybe Frankie stopped sharpening their teeth at one point. It's that could a lot be of, too. A lot of speculation. Yeah, it's like we're talking about thousands of years here. A right. thousand years, right. eleven hundred years. Culture changes. Right. Uh, we should let's do it. Let's get let's put get, on our seatbelts. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's let's put on our fake uh, cosplaying Frangi ears that took us uh, way too long to create because they made uh, things way harder on us fans. Way harder. Uh, let's take a big old gulp of our Sprite. Let's buckle up our seatbelts and let's head on our trip to the holiday. Believe these simulations to be this real? Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. Way to jump on that. Listen. Yeah. I listen to the show. <laughs> you're already. Yeah. No, that's. you On our checklist, you've got like three things down already. Right. So, I'm right, coming yeah. for you, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan doesn't even listen to the show. Well, he does has no idea how good it is. Right? He's like, um, oh God, I was trying to think of an actor who doesn't watch his own movies. Probably most of them. Probably most. Um, here's the gayest thing I'm going to say this episode: Maggie Smith from Downton Abbey doesn't watch oh. the show. Okay. Fun that's fact. the gayest thing. Is. I'm really disappointed that that's the gayest thing. Mark, <laughs> beat it. You, I chal- I dare you to be better. To, to quote Bruce Greenwood from uh, the Star Trek reboot, you're you're fine. <laughs> Go we're going into we're going into an episode with uh, with Quark in it. We'll we'll see how I can do. We'll see if I can top it. Yeah. Oh, you'll be fine. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be fine. Those um, outfits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love his his mat his his purpley. I can't even describe it. It's like tile. It's so nineties. It's so good. The the Ferengi outfits are just like top notch costume design. Yes. In another episode, he wears his like his pajamas. Like Quark's pajamas are <laughs> so good, with like the booties on them. Oh my god, yeah. I want a pair so bad. Oh, there's something about putting like designated footwear for comfy times that it, it cannot be matched. Kind of like designated hat wear for comfy times. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
It's like Scrooge, you know, Scrooge, right. Scrooge, say what you will about Ebenezer Scrooge, but he knew how to relax. Oh, I thought you were talking about Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Oh. I don't know about his, his wear. <laughs> he wore a top hat. He did. He wore a top hat. And I'm pretty sure he wore a sleepy hat as well. He probably did. Yeah. Don't you know anything about Scrooge McDuck? He wore a sleepy hat as well. <laughs> you have to remember, Mark, I, I, there's a large portion of American culture that I'm not exposed to because I, my childhood, my early childhood, I was in Canada. We have our own weird, we even have our own version of Sesame Street. At Sesame Street. It's just a bunch of mooses. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a river. It's a stream, Sesame Stream. And it goes through the logging Sweet camp. And it's literally a bunch of moose. You just can't, you just can't tell any of the characters apart. You're like, is that? So what character is that? Well, if you're Canadian, you can. You can tell all the mooses apart. Yeah. But if you're yeah. American, you don't have the moose. You're not. You don't live among moose. Right. Right. Enough. It's like the you have to count the points, right? You count the points on the antlers. Isn't that that's that helps. That's yeah. helps. Uh, but you know, okay, there are right. a lot of mooses with the same amount number of points. This episode. I grew up in April Florida, 5th. so I don't. <laughs> You did walk her up in Florida. There's a lot of alligators and snakes. Right. Uh, and and where were you in Tallahassee? You we were saying April, some, April what? April fifth, nineteen ninety-seven, Central Florida. Okay. The the nebulous center. Was that like near Tampa or Orlando? Was, actually, Orlando. Orlando. Oh wow! So magical, magical. My kingdom. high school is my high school is across the street from. Um, Universal Studios, yeah. Ah. Which you'd think, oh, awesome, but but walking a cl- walking a biology class and hearing people riding the Hulk, terrible. You like, yeah. I wish I was dead. Right. Yeah, because the biology of the Hulk just doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. It's very confusing. Listen, the science how, how is there. How does he keep his shorts? The science is there. <laughs> how does he it's keep just, his shorts? You <laughs> bitches! The science is there. Okay, the science. I'm sorry, is there. It's this just gets that, this gets to me. Every time. <laughs> DS9, Business as Usual, Season 5, Episode 18, like we've already said, but it was released April 5th, 1997. Oh, you already know our guest, Mark yeah. Cooper. But I just have a note here in my document to right. note the guest. Right. Mark, thank you again for thank coming you so on. Much. This episode uh, was written by Bradley Thompson and David Weddle. I think they were just writing partners throughout all, all of Deep Space Nine. I think they wrote like 12 episodes together. It's cool. I like that. Yeah. Just have buddies. It's a good episode. It was, they did a good job. Yeah. It was directed by Siddig El Fadil, also known as Alexander Siddig. But this is when he made the, that shift. So he used to be credited as an actor as Siddig El Fadil, but then switched over to Alexander Siddig. But I guess he wanted to create a different name for himself or rebrand his original name to be a director. Interesting. So, yeah. This is the first episode he directed. I think he did a good job. I think he did a good job too. Yeah. I heard really he good. was really nervous about this episode because this was his first oh, one, yeah? right? I mean, I guess it's your first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's your first episode directing anything, you're going to be nervous. But if it's your first episode directing Trek. And these are all your buddies and they all know what a good episode feels like when right. you're getting directed. Right. Right. They know they know what a Colby feels like. I, I don't do. Know if Colby directed any of Deep Space yeah. Nine, but <laughs> I do love that that Trek gave so many of the actors an opportunity to direct episodes. I do love that. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think who are the ones who still do it? Like obviously Frakes. Frakes. I think Rob, Robert Duncan McNeil does. I think Roxanne Dawson directed a few Enterprise episodes. Uh, Lavar Burton mm-hmm. has directed quite a few good ones. 
Uh, yeah. Is what's his I name? Think Has Data cool. directed anything? Um, Brent Spiner. I Brent don't Spiner. think he's at, at interested. I feel I think like I've he's... seen something he directed once, but I could be wrong on that one. I'm curious now. I have to find out. You guys keep chatting about stuff while I do uh, some research. The music was done by our 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 pal, our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, even though he's never been on, uh, Yokiro <laughs> David Bell. And Dylan's that's, not that's here where the bell to will do go. The bell will go the there. You're Mark. You're seeing how the sausage is made. Listen, here. I'm I'm here for it. Honestly, I think whenever somebody misses the podcast, we realize how much they actually do on the podcast. Like Dylan does all the bells and yeah. the whistles. Jan creates these great I- sheets. We would be lost <laughs> without them. Yeah, these documents. Yeah, this template that I've been using for a year and a half. <laughs> I have the. I, I'm also a great researcher because yeah. I have this uh, special way of researching. Yeah. Uh, called Google, and Brent Spiner did has only ever directed one thing in his entire career. What is it? And, and it's a documentary short that came out in 2010 called Hubble: Twenty Years of Discovery. Oh, he did a documentary on the Hubble telescope. Hubble's pretty dope. That's awesome. This, I I don't know if it's even possible to watch this. The budget for it. Is estimated to be twenty thousand dollars according to IMDb. <laughs> the only information about it is that it was directed by Brent Spiner. That's all I have to work off of here. Well, was it put on by a network or something? Production company NASA. So, so he did a NASA documentary. That's pretty big. A short. Uh, he narrated it too. I don't. It doesn't say. Yep. Don't have that information. Sorry. The computer data banks have been tapped. Watch the new NASA Hubble documentary. This is in 2010 on trekmovie.com. Narrated by Brent Spiner. So I'm guessing he directed and narrated it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I can just imagine uh, in my head, Brent Spiner called NASA. and was like, hey, I think I'm going to give this a shot. I kind of want to just, I want to get into directing and editing. And I just kind of want to make my own stuff. And he, he got into it and he did it. But he didn't realize how much of a challenge that is to do all of this stuff. And he picked he picked a documentary too, like not the easiest thing to direct. No. Like you really have to know what you're doing when you direct a documentary. But he was like, "How hard could it be? It's about the Hubble telescope. It's already all the information's out there." He he also had 15 years worth of trek to be able to to like try out directing, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah. "No, I'm not doing yeah. any of it." A show that's super cool about giving actors opportunities. Right. Like every, like I'm guessing like every single episode, they were like, hey, Brent, you want to give it a shot? Like, no. <laughs> Fuck you like guys. Eating yeah. a, I'm a, out. A triangle sandwich. <laughs> I am I am way too deep into Data's psyche to even think about. Let LeVar yeah, do this one. I'm out. Uh, LeVar yeah. can do it. <laughs> LeVar's got You this. know what? Actually, let's do Frakes because I only want to do two takes anyways. Yeah. This week, I'm, I'm all for two takes. <laughs> two takes. I'm going to make a Dodger Frakes. game. Mark, as our as our guest, would you be willing to recap this episode in thirty seconds or less? Thirty seconds, good. Okay, I just had a, a little uh, zone out, which means I've got like forty five seconds until the next zone out. So uh, yeah, let's go for this it. This is great. We better get get on fast. The timer is ready. So whenever you want to start, start, and uh, I'll time you. Okay, ready? I'm gonna do it from memory, right? That's what I got to do. Do it from memory. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, so hold up, hold up. Let me, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. This is my first time. Remember the first 15 (laughs) seconds have to be the first five minutes of the episode. Don't put anything, don't put anything in his head. Okay. (laughs) All right. Ready and go. 
Clark and Judd Z are playing Tongo and they're interrupted by his cousin who is telling him he's going to get him out of all this debt. Um, the chief, his baby isn't sleeping. Um, Quark meets with the arms dealer. The arms dealer turns out to be super gay and um, they end up getting him out of debt. It shows off all these weapons. Um, and then they meet with a regent. The regent and his general uh, go at it and they fight and Quark gets out of trouble in the end. Nobody begs. Yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. he even got the nobody bangs in. Incredible. Did, it. did oh. I do it? Yeah. You had a second left, Mark. Was there a freeze? Did I get it without a freeze? There were freezes, but you still did it you within still the time. Did it. Fine. Okay. Like, well, it recorded without a freeze. So you're going to have the recording oh without a freeze. So that's great. I, I, I think I'm going to have to call Dylan right now and tell him to not even bother. <sighs> he should just like stay in wherever he is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know where Dylan is, but he can stay there. It's funny. He went to New Mexico, so like, I went to the desert for an episode. Dylan's yeah. in the desert for an episode. Yeah, and you you might have to go to the desert for an episode. Well, I'm guessing my plane's gonna crash in the desert on the way back to Los Angeles. Is what's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> Mark, stunning work, really good. Um, I I guess that we can just end the episode now. I guess I don't think oh. we need anything else. Like, I think we're good. <laughs> right? Nailed it. <laughs> uh, would you guys watch this episode just for the Hollow Suite content? Yes. No. I think I would. You wouldn't, Mark. Wouldn't I? Would. Um, why not, Mark? It is a minute and a half. Okay. But that's sometimes minute it's and just, a half. That's all you like, need. Although, although there is some of the of DS9's best non-space battle CGI in the whole show. Oh yeah, that night thing. I guess we'll talk about it when we get and to it. And the flying but, thing? Okay, but I'll... Oh, I'll, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fifth Element vibes, by the way. That entire scene reminded me of Fifth Element. Uh, let's do some guest star shout-outs. I think that's a good way to kind of get into this episode because it's very guest star-centric. Um, the biggest one being Lawrence Tierney as the regent of Palomar, uh, who's just like the classic mob-looking, like heavy... Dude, he was in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, he was in. Um, oh, he was actually in the TNG episode, "The Big Goodbye," as the bad guy. He's the gangster, the, right? Yeah, he's the mobster. Yeah, the gangster. Apparently, he had had a stroke before doing this episode, but they really wanted him. And he, the stroke didn't affect his way of being able to speak, but he couldn't memorize, so they had to cut around that. And if you watch the episode, you'll notice it. Interesting. Uh, but they, they, uh, the way it was written here is that, uh, he, they basically hired him to say like, I'm here to buy guns. Are you, are you a gun dealer or, or what? Uh, and he, he crushed that line. You're all men of honor. Oh man. Um, but here's some, here's some crazy trivia about this guy. When he was on TNG, he menacingly insulted 15 year old Will Wheaton with his remarks. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, for this to be something that is in the trivia section of Memory Alpha, I'm just wondering what he said to 15-year-old Will Wheaton. <laughs> I'm guessing it was that episode, it was one of the episodes that What's-His-Name directed who hated kids. Like, oh, did not yeah. want to direct kids. <laughs> the big goodbye. Think about this. What would you have said if you had come into, into, like, into contact with 15-year-old Will Wheaton? What would you say to him? I feel no like way, I would nerd. I would insult him. I would menace him, right? You would menace a 15-year-old Will, Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton now. Listen. Right. 
I interact with undergrads all day, every day. And it uh-huh. takes so much of me not to menace them. And they're like 20. <laughs> right. I will say Will Wheaton, uh, uh, as, as a teenager in this role, got dealt a bad hand because they wrote Wesley terribly. That's true. So like, uh, I'm not going to say he was, I, I love Will Wheaton, but I'm not going to say he was the best child actor, but they definitely dealt him a bad hand by writing the character so annoying to begin with. Like, Yeah, it's probably hard to integrate in a cast when you're a kid too because you. I think you have a limited number of hours you can be on set too. And they probably have to shoot all your scenes at a certain time of day and be done with at a certain point. So, and he's also you don't you get know, to integrate you, the around same a way. bunch of adults because uh, Wesley just you know takes over all the other characters' jobs. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like should it's I true. shouldn't it be my job? No, not for for plot was, reasons. <laughs> Wesley will be doing it this episode. Was was that the episode where he steps where the gangster steps off the holodeck and then disappears? I think that there's is some, it's the first a TNG, one. There's a TNG episode I remember very distinctly where the the characters, the holodeck characters, step off the holodeck and then disappear, and then they never do that again. And I, think I think it must that's be the one. Yeah, if we if we weren't in the we're doing a spooky season sort of lineup, I would say we should do that episode next oh. just to see, just to confirm. But big goodbye will be in in the in the canon soon of us watching episodes. How is this spooky season? Uh, there's that spooky scene where Quark's guilt-ravaged mind right, right, okay. dreams of dead also, Cisco. Also just the spookiness of um, capitalism and gun sales and, and weapons trading. Yeah. Lord of War, Deep Space Doesn't Nine a, is this episode. O'Brien says, why did you kill my baby? That's a scary <laughs> line, right? <laughs> but he's, does he Yeesh. still have the baby, though, in the... Dream. He does. He's holding sure the, the baby. Dead <laughs> in his arms. <laughs> I, that's, that's horrifying. That's, it's horrifying it and really hilarious. Is. <laughs> it's extremely campy because, of course, Quark's mind has only seen O'Brien carrying Kiryoshi around <laughs> for the last like the three weeks. <laughs> the B plot of <laughs> so his. Of course, when you dream, you dream of exactly what you've been seeing of late. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, it's him holding the baby. Right, right. Like it's just a fixture <laughs> of O'Brien now. Um, I, God, that's the, so that's the spooky thing. Darius, that's okay. the spooky All thing. Right, that Was sense. that not spooky enough for you? Yeah, All those it's fine. It's fine. nightmare ghosts. It's fine. It's I was sad spooky. that there, I'm not gonna lie. there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a haunting Dabo. I really wanted their, them to, to all say, instead Dabo. of like you lose, it should just been, Dabo. Dabo. That's the thing. Like you, you want a Dabo, but at what cost? Right. Right. Um, you only yell Dabo when you win. He lost. Well, he, he wins Dabo, but he loses all his friends. That's the lesson of this episode, Mark. He could be extremely wealthy. He could win a moon, but he could, lo- but he would I guess lose. he's been winning. When Cisco says you lose, you lose. I'm just saying. Just to color, just to color this guy uh, menacingly insulting Will Wheaton a little bit more, because I think if you get the the stuff after this, you understand what kind of a person this guy is. Yeah. Uh, While he was working on Seinfeld, he scared the cast members by hiding a butcher knife from the set under his jacket and wielding it jokingly as a series at the series star Jerry Seinfeld. I mean. Who wouldn't want to wield a knife at Jerry Seinfeld sometimes? <laughs> but you don't do it. 
if he was not invited back. I, I I'm just that saying this guy he's got care. his reasons. He's got his <laughs> reasons for doing his stuff. <laughs> uh, he also, his agent, Don Gurler, stated that he was bailing Tierney out of jail as late as 1994 when Tierney was 75 years old. How hard is that, that you're 75 years old and your agent's like, yeah, um, I'm bailing him out. Uh, we'll get him on set. I'm bailing him out of jail. No, no, don't worry. He's fine. He'll be there. He just had a stroke. It's not a big deal. He had a stroke. Is that related to, it's not related to the jail time. Uh -uh. That's something different. Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, Appropriately, another guest star here. His name is Josh Paid, who he plays Gala, the cousin who gets paid, who makes a ton of money. Uh, I love that. That one of the great things about these Space Nine that we take for granted these days because everything is serialized is that this cousin who owns a moon has been referenced so many times on this show. We finally got to meet him right. in season five. They Very patient storytelling. Oh, this um, guy looks so familiar. I knew I recognized his voice. He's got a this guy face. He's got a, and he's, he's still guest starring and stuff. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I, I, they, they corrected me to Josh Pays. Not paid. Oh, so you're saying that I was wrong. I was back. I don't too. know. I I don't wow. know. Is Mark? Do you have another replacement? Because you have to replace me for. I don't know this. if you're wrong or not, though. Well, it's probably P A I S. That makes more sense. That makes more sense yeah, because Josh pays Deep Space Nine. It's pays for. It's pays. Well, um, Pais is peace, which. Uh, he did not like as a character. He preferred war, actually. Wow. Nice. Solid re- solid recovery there. You saved yourself. Yeah, really. Re- barely, I think I'm going to another... let you stay on the podcast. Okay, you're going to let me stay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm really disappointed in myself, and I will, I'm issuing an apology on Twitter as soon as I break back into my safe and get the password out. <laughs> Is that bit is that bit in the episode or is I have, that pre? I honestly have no clue. Okay. Um, so Stephen Burkhoff <laughs> played Haggith. <laughs> Haggith Whoa, is the, you skipped Tim Halligan playing Farak. Yeah, he's only there for like half a second. And then he gets no offense, he gets Tim. blown up. Yeah. yeah. It was a warp core breach. It's a mysterious warp core breach. It's like when uh, you know, I did I would have liked to see the mob movie moment, you know, when they turn the ignition in the car and the car explodes. I would have I wanted to see, see the Starship version of I that. I also like to imagine and I, that uh O'Brien was the one working on the guy's warp core while it was in dock <laughs> because the guy needed like his warp core work done, but he had the baby in his hands, so he made a mistake. One handed it, it. Was, <laughs> yeah. it was not Definitely was not an assassination. Haggith is like, I just fired him. <laughs> like, genuinely, I just fired him. That's all I but did. But then Haggith is smart enough to go like, oh, but it's going to scare people. Maybe I'll yeah, insinuate sure. that it was I'll yeah, take our it. fault. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whenever there was a terrorist attack for a stretch, Al-Qaeda was like, that was us for sure. We totally did that. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that one. That one was on yeah. me. That one was on what me. What was it? How many Christians died? How many white people? Okay. Yeah, we totally that was on me. Brian's over there like... Did I it's turn like, that right? Oops. Did it's I turn like, that three times or two? Three I was fixing two, my baby's pacifier. <laughs> Heavy bags under his eyes. <laughs> uh, that's that's right. Because it was a warp core breach. Yeah. Uh, and now, okay, now we go back to Stephen Burkhoff as okay. Haggith. Yeah. Great character actor. 
really choose the scenery is in this role. Mark, you have something to say. <laughs> the most queer coded Bond villain character I've ever seen in Star Trek. Oh, quack. I'm like, oh my God. My companion who we see sitting in the background eating grapes for like nine seasons, except for when he's in the room with Quark, just earing him off the whole time. Oh, man. He doesn't even touch Haggith one time. I'm sorry, Jan, ever since you told me and Dylan that he wanted Ferengi to have giant dicks, every time I see the ear, I knew it was phallic to begin with, but it's even more phallic now. It's even more like, yeah. oh, if if Gene had his way, this would just be a hand job. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what all the ear play is about. I know, but like so, even more so now. I'm changing my description from nobody bangs to... That companion and, yeah. and Quark are banging in that scene where she's, for sure she's right. doing it. What she's yeah. doing it. when Odo walks walks in on him. Yeah, that's a yeah. fun upside Odo down interrupted Dutch, a hand Dutch job. angle. Yeah, he did. <laughs> a happy Quark. ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, that. What does he say? This Don't is stop why... until you see smoke. Is that the line? Yeah. Yeah. That's, until you that's see smoke. the line. <laughs> Which made me laugh out loud. I laughed out loud. Upon rewatching it, uh, but this this is a clear example of why we need to bring in more non uh, heterosexual uh, cis straight white guys on the show because this queer coding did not get fully integrated when I was watching this episode. I was just like, "This guy is silly." Yeah, <laughs> Mark, this, this, guy is silly. this guy is silly. And Mark's like, "Gay." <laughs> Multiple times he tries to hold Quark's hand. He yeah. gives him he gives him presents when he does right. well. He right. gives him presents yeah. when yeah. he find when he finds out one of his one of his boys is going off to the pleasure planet. He blows up his ship. He's very literally very he's like, angry about it. He's like he's very possessive of his mm-hmm. little boys that run off to. It's just like. <laughs> Every old, that moment, every old gay man I've ever interacted with. <laughs> there was that moment where he calls Quark back. Like Quark is like leaving and yeah. he calls Quark back. And you're like, I was like, are they going to hug? What yes. is going on? Like, and then he doesn't, he just like holds him by the shoulders. And I was like, oh, well, okay. That was, that was weird. But, uh, yep. <laughs> doesn't he also <laughs> pinch his, his ears? ears? Maybe he pinches his. Quark's ears. He might've, I don't, I, I didn't catch it. In, yeah, in Ferengi world, that's a little right, right. <laughs> and Quark's like, guys, paying my debt off. Yeah, God, he's like the things I do. I found my sugar daddy. Is what this what Quark yeah. is found. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and it's all about control. Yeah, right. It's really good. He's and, basically, like, don't, 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 don't. I'm not going to give you your money until I know that you can handle it correctly. Yep, and and that's how they do it. It's about control. And Gala even says one of the lines Gala says is "Stop being so judgmental." <laughs> it's like, Gosh, I'm I'm just too straight to watch this. And show. it's very I, obvious that Gala it takes a queer had, eye. I'm just saying. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. very obvious that Gala had to get a replacement, or else he was never going to leave. Like, and that's why Quark ended up like, and, like I need to get out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one. Ferengi replaced with another Ferengi. Right, yeah, right. Just slide, it, slide had, in. it had nothing to do with the fact that Quark was family. He's mm-hmm. like, I, no. I will, I will break the code if I can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh man, that's right. 
Thank you for that gift of that read, <laughs> Mark. I might have to watch it for a third time in the last month. Yeah. Uh, great episode. Um, apparently, this is Armin Shimmerman's favorite episode, period, of as Quark from a Quark perspective. It's a heavy Quark episode, and Quark gets he gets to do some serious acting as Quark too. It's not just like comedic yeah. relief or like uh, you know just like the side character. It's a Quark episode. You yeah, th- you think about it. Chief O'Brien only has what four scenes in the whole yeah. thing. Right. That's and that's the entire B plot. Yeah, it's an easy week for Colm. Uh, <laughs> just walking I, around, just with, walking around have, with a baby, they, <laughs> they, and they would have done it without the B plot. I'm guessing, but they probably yeah. were like, we just, we have to fill these like 10 minutes. And so just you like have to break the tension there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's pre- some pretty heavy. We're talking about genocide, right? The, this Lawrence Tierney's character, the, the regent of Palomar is like, I want 20, 28 million people to die just because I'm mad. Yeah. Uh, and Cork, you know, I, I think it's cool to see. I love that Cork is a Frankie with a conscience. He's just like the worst He's the worst Ferengi that wants to be culturally a Ferengi. You know, he's right. just deep down he knows that he's not this person, but his he's so, you know, he he wants to be good for his in his culture and he just can't fit. He's the definition of a square peg going into a round hole, or is it the other way around? He Anyways, runs he to he runs to Dax multiple times for forgiveness. <laughs> And she's right. like, she's like, fuck you. I have nothing to do yeah. with you. I completely one of my favorite Dax like episodes the, too. That this was the time period where they were doing like the Dax quirk. Like, are they? Aren't they? What's going on here? And so, well, she's always like. I think he runs to her because she's always been the most sympathetic very good. to Ferengi culture. Yeah, yeah. Was but she not was, with Worf yet? She is with Worf already. Yeah, they're they're already okay. together. Because okay, they, so, a few episodes before this is the Sierra, is it the Sierra Nota Bergerac episode where, um, where in the hot, it's also a quirk episode, which we will do at some point where Worf loves the Klingon lady that Quark was married to. And, but right, Quark wants right. to hook up with her and she's yeah. into Quark, okay. but Worf is really into her. And then they have to do the whole like holodeck scene where, uh, anyways, it's, I'm describing something that we're not even talking about. But at the end of that episode, Dax and Worf hook up, and uh, so she's she's firmly in in a relationship right, with him right. at, at this point. One of my one of the things I always say is Dax's worst episodes are the ones that focus on Dax. Dax's yes. best episodes are the ones where she is a supplemental character because that's when she shines the best, and so. This is when they write her as an old man. This is one where she does so well. Oh, yeah. She's like the epitome of a support. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they had better writers, they would... The problem we've talked about this on the podcast before, too. It's just like when they write Dax episodes, they're like, what does a woman do? Fall in love with a man? And that's what all of her... (laughs) And then one time they were like... Somebody was like, what if she fell in love with a woman? That she was already in love with, and we're like, yeah, we can get away with that. We can play with that. Uh, but all the guys, when she old, was a man. Old guys were like, oh, that's hot. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> we'll have to mess around with the net, the local stations, but I think we can get away with it. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, Mark. I think that's a really, really good read on it. Uh, and she's she's really great when she is the buddy or the the, the guy. Uh, but it's it's too bad that they didn't do that more. 
It, I think Terry felt that too. Um, and that's why she, they ended up writing her off. Spoiler alert. Because yeah. she, she was like, I don't want to deal with this bullshit. Write me better stories. And Rick Berman was like, where are these breast enhancements or whatever he wanted? Yeah. Not fans of Rick Berman here. Yeah. That's where no, Rick Berman is definitely the kind yeah. of person that would write a like, yeah, you got to be able to get plastic surgery uh, whenever we want you to into a contract. That kind of person. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this in terms of like, the producers of Star Trek. You got Gene Roddenberry, who was like horny, but in a gentle way, like yeah. an annoyingly horny grandpa, but like harmless. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I hope that he was harmless. Um, uh, he was kind of a skis in general. Was he? But, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, but Rick Berman was just really. Rick Berman's like, producer. oh, Terry, I got you this seven or nine cat suit. Maybe you can wear this for the last season. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't write her off. Uh, or poor um, Nana Visitor. Like, the uniforms keep getting more and more form-fitting as the show goes on. Uh, and that's a, that's a Berman. That's a Berman. You got Bermond. You got Bermond, uh, unfortunately. Um, and he got to do Enterprise. Uh, which is the <laughs> the final. He got lucky. Show some ass, ass cracks. Ass cracks and boobs. Ass cracks and front cracks. Boob cracks. I can say that because I'm not interested. Yeah, you can. You can say whatever you want. That's, that's what your contract says. I thought I signed uh, a DNA. <laughs> you did. You signed oh, an no, NDA. A DNA. Uh, NDA. You also signed. Sorry, Mark, but you also you signed a DNR. So if anything happens in the midst of this episode, if I keel over, just DNR. We also we also as a as as the hosts of the podcast got together and signed a DNR for the podcast. So we we decided that we will never resuscitate the podcast. If it dies, it dies. Yeah. If it dies, it dies. Dolph Lundgren style. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I, I just, um, it's, what else? There's some, what else? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Cork's drink that he's drinking when he's talking to Jizia in one a scene. Double this really stood out to me. Juice. Yes. Smooth. <laughs> Did you look at it? Did you see, really look at what he's drinking? Isn't it like gloopy? There's something scaly and shiny in there. It looked like he is drinking orange juice, juice with a couple of fish in it. It's snail juice. Uh, oh, extra smooth. Like that stuff that comes off of a snail. I'm guessing that's what that is. <laughs> it's like it's like pureed snail, right? It has to be. I saw scales. <laughs> I, there's something in there. It's chunky. Oh god. Uh, anyways, this is what happens when you watch an episode a second time in a short time period is you just look at all the props and things in the corners and all that. <laughs> that's that's what I was when they're, when they're, um, when Quark is showing off all of the like dishes to the, uh, for the region. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. one of the, one of the like servants showing off the dishes to the region is shaking like a motherfucker. <laughs> he's like, I noticed that too. <laughs> and I was like, no. he's going to drop it. Yeah, they could now, they not have done a second take. That's definitely uh, some great character work by a a background actor because that yeah. background actor that, that like, guy's like, okay, so we're supposed to be um, basically like the wait staff, but we know that uh, this guy could uh, pull a phaser and kill us at any time. All right, here we go. Some like scared bullying. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
if you watch this episode again, which you should, watch the foreground when the camera moves forward because the, the tray only gets shakier. <laughs> it's like some terrified extra in like yes. eight gallons of makeup is just like, if I ruin this shot, I'm so fired. I'm not going to get my meal. You know what today. it is? It's Lawrence. He bumped into Lawrence Tierney out of coming out of his trailer. <laughs> and Lawrence said, Hey, if you fuck up this meal and he just pulls out half of a butcher knife, <laughs> I use this to threaten Jerry Seinfeld. Do you think Seinfeld. I'm afraid of you? Kept I, it too. I love that he name. kept it and brought it to every single set. He every ever single set. <laughs> Oh man! One of my uh, one of my other like there's a couple of favorite moments with uh, with the baby, mm-hmm. but uh, one of my favorite things uh, one we get Jake coming in to babysit and Jake yeah. talks about aliens that have wings that we never get to see and I'm very if lower decks is listening which we know they are can we see these people please <laughs> the ones with the wings when they're kids like <laughs> there's a reference to this person in another episode the doctor references this person getting pregnant this person getting pregnant in another episode and them having to get bigger quarters because they're having more offspring yes whatever this thing is (laughs) yes and so is this the one where like they've had 12 already or something like like that oh this this whatever is is like mating again or whatever oh and they have to right. like and and so jake's like oh i've babysat for them before make sure they don't get all tangled up their it's wings supposed- don't get all tangled up and then he hands him the baby the baby starts crying and jake looks like i get this thing away from me i don't ever want to touch a baby again is this a human <laughs> baby never uh. seen a human baby before <laughs> right <laughs> you were one of those the baby cries for literally two seconds and jake's like, like i'm done i'm out of I here take your baby back i gotta go like <laughs> bird babies way easier you just throw them in the air and they start bird flying bird. around <laughs> i was thinking like lizard like winged lizard i was baby. thinking like winged dragon lizard, like wings. a pterodactyl yeah. dragons yeah. Okay. yeah 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 well but if Bats. they're reptilian maybe that makes more sense because reptiles are generally more independent as right. when they're, when they're although young. bird people on deep space nine i want to see that yeah well, that's what we would see nowadays, or on lower decks, uh, on lower decks, right? Or redesigned on disco. It right. would just look even weirder. Could you imagine? Uh, like, I, oh man, we could have Gareth uh, uh, talking about how hard it is to tailor. Uh, not Gareth, sorry. Uh, how hard it is to tailor his what? His, like these suits? These, yeah. Or or you he would be like, it would, it's such a joy. He right. would say it's it's a really great opportunity. <laughs> To, to, to Taylor's uh, bird he's person. Like, oh, I messed it up, so I just murdered them. I just killed them. Right. <laughs> Warp core breach. They'll have Warp another baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, the Kiriyoshi stuff, just in general, there's a scene early on where it's clear that O'Brien has not cleaned the apartment <laughs> since Keiko left. Right. Uh, and it just made me think of, like, you know, if I had kids or whatever, or even just in general, when I need to clean up, in 
the 24th century, I think I would just shove everything into the replicator recycler thing. Right. And then just replicate something <laughs> when you needed it. When you need it. There's a, it's, po- it's post-scarcity. And this explains, I think this is, in my head canon, this is what people do. Because nobody's apartment or quarters are ever really cluttered or messy in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got very pristine. And it's not because it's the military. I was about to it's say. Just, it's because people just shove shit into the, the re- replicator recycler. My thing about that scene was it was it was like, oh, Keiko had to go to Bajor to deal with like this botany problem. And I was like, are there no Bajoran botanists? Like, does Keiko have to deal with all of the plant problems for the entire planet? And then no. I was like, oh, I guess they're all <laughs> fighters. They're all like Bajoran yeah, military I guess. people. Or yeah, Keiko I think they have like, three or four I generations. A, I just had yeah. a baby. I don't want to be around it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I generally think like Keiko is is more of a hard ass than O'Brien is. And this O'Brien little monster. Of, <laughs> this little monster cries all the time. Oh, you have a body yeah. problem? I'm in. Like I volunteer. Right, yeah. No, it's okay. Going. We have enough body. Rup- Rup- I'm okay. in. Yeah. Like, we know we have like millennia of Bajoran nope. like nope. poor Richards nope. books on that. No, nope. I'm in. No, I'm going in. <laughs> um, I'm sad that we'll never get to do the episode where she comes back possessed by a paw wraith. Because oh, there's no hollow sweet content, but that's yeah. such a good episode. <laughs> there's no holodeck on that. I remember like watching, rewatching it with bated breath. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have to mod- modify the holodeck to murder um, the prophets or anything like that. No, nope, no. nothing like that. Um, uh, the other, the other great scene. I mean, there's so many great scenes with yes. the baby, but is the Cisco scene for oh, sure? Yeah. Where he's like, "Why is the baby in the pit?" <laughs> Baby's baby's sleeping in the pit. <laughs> and uh, everybody, everybody's so, looking uh, at the baby. Everyone's like, oh my god, yeah. baby. <laughs> what what we Cisco, really needed, what would have like go ahead, Mark. No, just the world's worst supervisor where he's just like, Don't you all have some work to do? Like, get back to work, you bitches. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> What 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 I would have liked? It's a it's a great scene. It works fine as is, but just as like maybe like an alarm chirp or something in the background, you know, because everybody in ops is watching. Right. It's just something going off, Red alert. <laughs> and Red nobody's alert. nobody moves. And then Cisco's like, uh, "Okay, let's get back to work. Like we uh, should check the this. gym and are attacking. Are we going like, to deal with that? Or let him know that Kiryoshi's napping. What I wanted. Later. What I wanted out of this scene." Uh, and I think it's just from a comedy standpoint is everything to happen the way it happened. And then right at the very end, when he's like, ah, don't you guys all have work to do? And everyone gets back, starts getting back to work and Cole Meany like turns around and then starts crying. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> like it was like, he got like a, he got like a, a second. split second of freedom of like, yes, s- no, no, <laughs> I can't. Uh, He's such a dad. This is a, clearly a dad, like well-written dad moment for Cisco where, where O'Brien's like, can he just nap for the rest of this nap? And it takes a dad to be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> but let him nap down there and, and then we'll we'll move on. Um, yep. th- which makes leads me to another just moment. Really one of my favorite moments in the entire episode is at the end where Quark... Yeah. Um, is like, uh, you know, I, I fixed this problem. Uh, you, I saved 28 million lives. Uh, don't you owe me something or should, should I get some payment? And Cisco's like, I don't know. Can you pay for all this damage in Cargo Bay 5? 
know, you, you crashed my Camaro, dude. Yeah. Like, you going to fix and, that? Quirk's <laughs> like, can we do a payment plan? And the way that Avery Brooks delivers works for me <laughs> is I can't do it. He's brilliant. He's, but it's just like... <laughs> obviously angry. Me, it makes me so sad that Drasks doesn't cover outside of yeah. holiday content because Cisco is the king of camp and I just love oh, him oh so my God. much. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he does get to just go off the rails in, in our man this year. And, and there's a reason that's our number one, just because basically because of his performance. Yeah. Um, but his Even works for me when they're earlier, when they're in the security office and he's like rage articulating, like um, when he's just like going off on Quark and he's like, even oh, if, you, if yeah. you even litter on the promenade, I'll nail you to the wall. I'm like, Cisco, nail me to the wall. That's what I want is I want you <laughs> to nail me to the wall. <laughs> did that like, did that do something for I'm you? Like, did it I'm just like, like oh, trigger Daddy something? Daddy Cisco, yeah. do it. <laughs> Oh good! Oh man! Yeah, no, no, no! Just gets her like a little bit like that. What he said. He gets what he said at the end. Mode. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really great. Really great scene. Shall we? Should we head into the archive? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's pop into the archives. Let's go. Yeah. Accessing Starfleet Archives, Deep Space Nine. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Oh my god. I am so glad he decided to hold the baby for us just for a second. Yeah. 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 Uh, McCall? Right? It's McCall, Lieutenant McCall? That's me. Hey, guys. Yeah, how, how did you... I didn't... Are you... You're friends with Pert? Yeah, Pert said uh, that I would hang out with you guys. Shh, shh, shh. I think you'll wake up the baby. Right, Chief O'Brien said he could hold the baby in his other arm, and so let's just not, let's not make him go back on that, right? Let's, yeah. let's yeah, make yeah. sure that we have a second to... So you met Pert in the academy? Yeah, Pert and I have been friends for like 10 years. He's never mentioned me? N- not once. No. He's, no. Has he mentioned us? Mm, no. That's super weird because we hang out with him all the time. When do you hang out with him? Usually like 2 to 4 a.m. Wow. When does Pert sleep? I, I have no idea, especially considering. Like, so he he's on this mission. He he drove the f- runabout that took Keiko to Bajor for the, right. apparently the root raw problem that's going he on down there. He was quick to accept that. Yeah, he was very quick. And he was just like, he just gave us his apartment combination, yeah. his quarters combination. He gave you the quarters combination and said, hey, can you just take care of my stuff? Right. Which I thought well, was going to be he, easy. He mentioned something about like thinking that Keiko was super hot. So I, but I don't know. Yeah. That, I mean, he that's does a, say that a lot. So that he does say sense. that a lot. Um, but yeah, he just was like, hey, can you watch my stuff? And I was like, yeah, that sounds easy. He's probably got a bunch of sweatshirts. You know, maybe some contraband in there. Just don't let Odo in. And he mentioned he had a lizard once. I thought maybe there was just going to be a lizard that I had to feed, like right. crickets or something. There's just more than one lizard for one thing, and it, the baby. Right, the baby. Did you know it's he had a, a baby, McCall, Lieutenant McCall? I did not know he had a baby. 
He asked me to cover 10 to 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you, you would think that he would have mentioned the baby. I couldn't find a name, by the way, for the baby. There's no name tag. There's no instructions for the baby. Right. There's just, he just has a baby. What, what I thought was weird was when we walked in, the baby was in what would have been the lizard's tank and the lizards were in the bathtub it's it's a if you guys don't mind actually when i go back to his quarters for my my you know part of the shift of taking care of his stuff Uh i'm just gonna look at everything and i'm just gonna start shoving stuff into the replicator i think that would be fine i honestly think that he could probably maybe don't do the the sweaters but other than that i don't think he oh i know the sweaters are important i know this is obvious Lopec, and, yeah. and I don't want to make you sound like you're dumb, but don't oh. put the baby in the replicator. Oh. Yeah, no, actually, I'm glad that you did mention that because I think instinctively I was going to probably just put the baby in there because, again, I, 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 I there's this weird thing with human babies. When you put a, a human baby in my arms, I do not think of it as a baby. Have you ever had this experience with alien babies? Listen. McCall, it, you're Bajoran. No. Have you ever hold... In the militia camps, we didn't have replicators. We just threw things into pits. Okay. So I feel like if we just move most of the stuff to the airlock and just suck it yeah. out the window, who's going to yeah. catch us? You know, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, I, I do want to throw certain, it out there again. Yeah. I, I don't want to make anyone sound stupid, but let's not put the baby in the airlock. Yeah, McCall, let's not put the human baby. Can in the, the lizards airlock. go in the airlock at least? I feel Absolutely. like he's not. He's not going to yeah. notice if like six or seven of the lizards are gone. The way I see it, since he didn't mention the lizards when he asked us to take care of his stuff, I think that's that's just you know it can it can go, uh, yeah. So yeah, absolutely do that. By the way, McCall, why don't you wear you know the whatever it's called the thing in your the earring? You're talking about my earring? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's against Starfleet regulation. Don't you know any? Okay, don't even get me started on the earring. Worf gets to wear his little sash thing. Right. Right. I, I'm not allowed to wear my earring. I Well, that's what we were wondering cuz well, I think we should I feel like I get to show my d- reference to the prophets, deference right over to the prophets and I can't yeah. even don't even get me started. Have you tried Have you tried just wearing it and seeing what happens? Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I feel like who would ask, I guess. Yeah, like I feel like I could be wrong on this one, but I feel like no one ever, Worf never asked anybody. He kind of just showed up on the bridge with his yeah. sash. And I think everyone was a little bit too intimidated to actually tell him that it was against yeah. Starfleet regulation. And I, I guess am that's just true. Throw this out, I'm just going to throw this out there. I've never seen another Klingon wear one of those sashes. So I think that that's actually just, he, like, we all assume it's like cultural. But I've never seen a Klingon wear one of those except for Worf. Also, this isn't—it's not like this is the Enterprise. This is DS Nine. This is like the yeah. Wild West, right? Yeah. And no offense, Lieutenant McCall, but I didn't even know you existed until today. All right. And all right. So, so that's probably nobody's going to notice. Just because I, also, I, w- I work the night shift doesn't mean. Listen. All right. I also wear different uniforms based off of like where I am. So, like, if I'm on the bridge. I'll wear a red, uh, a red uniform. But if I'm down helping out with uh, O'Brien, I'll wear the yellow uniform. And then if I'm in med bay just getting looked at, I wear the blue uniform. You you put on a medical uniform to get medical treatment? I honestly, we're, we're I honestly don't do? think that's okay. 
Yeah, Tom, that's gonna be really confusing. It's like a the, mood I, ring. I thought the blue uniform was just to show that you are in a medical place. Like, uh, oh, I'm just I'm getting a thing on my pad here. Oh, Pert just asked, "Everything okay?" Question mark. Oh God. Um, should, Didn't Odo should, raise a Jem'Hadar? He should be able to raise a human, right? Can we yeah, just drop it off there? Yeah, I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to ask Pert if we can just drop off the baby at Odo's. Well, maybe okay. we shouldn't bring up the baby because he hasn't brought up the baby to us. Do you think maybe the baby got in there? Like, by what if accident? it's not his baby? Oh my god! Like, what if? And I'm not saying this happened, but what if somebody else that Pert asked to watch his his apartment? put the baby in there and then forgot it on their way out. Oh, I have to look at them for at the missing babies report. Oh boy. Okay, I'm going to go to I'm going to grab the baby back from O'Brien. I will be right back. But do you know oh, God. I didn't see the pad? Did you see the pad, Lieutenant? I did not. Okay, I got to get this baby back to Pert's quarters Bye. and hopefully Hold so on, just, sorry. What? Uh it, it's too. I, there seems to have been a. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll see you, McCall. Great to meet you, Tom. See you later. Bye, bye, I'm just gonna bit. put my earring on if that's okay. Go for it, dude. I'm about to head up to the bridge. I'm gonna throw the red uniform on and talk to Cisco. He wanted to see me. Cisco wanted to see me in his office, so I figured the red uniform with the four pips is probably the best uniform to wear when I when I see Cisco. So now in my head, I'm thinking there actually is no regulation about the earrings. That was just some like enterprise drama. It was just and, a, for Picard to be a bitch. It was just right, making yeah. Picard be a bitch against Ro. <laughs> oh. oh man, I'm sad that I don't think there are really. Shaq wears it. Shaq wears his earring in lower decks. He does. He does. does. Yes. Yep. I think it's pretty clear that Starfleet wasn't wrong about. A little earring, right. considering that like Troy got to walk around with the full perm, <laughs> and, her, like in her like v neck, her v yeah, neck exactly. jumpsuit, her, her front cracks, as we said earlier. Uh, yeah, so I think I think Starfleet made some some appropriate adjustments there. Yeah. Let's holodeck this stuff. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the holodeck yeah. content. So as I said earlier, it's very fifth elementy, uh, where they're they're demonstrating the guns. Mm-hmm. So. Tell me, Mark, is there something queer about picking up a rifle and shooting the guy that you're... <laughs> First of all, yes. <laughs> okay, of course. <laughs> it's called penetration. Also, <laughs> okay. he I'm shoots him right in his giant Ferengi dick. That's another thing. <laughs> he doesn't even like, oh, let me shoot for your face. It's like, right for his dick. <laughs> He does not pull back. He does no. not know if the safeties and he are goes, on. He also says, oh, it even pulls to the right. Oh, where does Quark's dick go? Slightly to the right. Right. That's slightly pulls, to the right. Slightly to the right. <laughs> Listen, right. It, that could not be more of a dick reference. I'm God, telling I cannot you, believe this. it's so uh, gay. Haggith God. is the gayest, gayest <laughs> character since, since Jadzia was making out with a woman. I'm telling you. <laughs> I... I'm wondering if Bradley Thompson and David Weddle knew that they were right. They queer coding these characters. They had to sneak it through. They had to sneak it through. It's all under the radar. And they had a conversation with what, with the actor and they were like, this is a deal. Burkhoff. Be, be cool about it, but really lean into it. 
Yes. I like the way you described it, Mark, as Bond villain gay. Yeah. Like, why does this Bond villain, why is he so obsessed with James Bond? It's so weird. Like, he's just, <laughs> he wants to kill him, but he seems very attached to him. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Core coding. Okay. That exists. <laughs> so the holodeck content in this is is all about firing weapons. Uh, yes. We only ever see the weapons being fired in the holodeck. We only ever see the weapons in the holodeck. Uh, Hollow sweet. And then we get to see the sweet ass knight and the sweet ass flying thing. Which <laughs> yeah. a badass. The oh, knight man. thing. What is that? It looked, it looked like um what was the thing from was it Thor? That's what it I thought it looked like too. I thought it was the Thor um, like the big Iron robot Thorbuster? Yeah, or like Hulkbuster? No. It's not that, but like hmm, okay, hold on. I have to look it's it up. The, I, Thor uh villain it's not villain thor robot i'm just gonna write in thor robot that's it's yeah, called it's the destroyer the, the destroyer uh, that's a classic easy name to remember that we could have remembered the destroyer it looks like it, the destroyer if you click on the if you look at the wikipedia article for the destroyer it looks even more like the one from deep space Nine. <laughs> nope. look, look at it oh, are you man. seeing this that's oh. uh do, those two Explosions were exactly the same, by the way. Um, <laughs> they didn't even I'm pretty like sure that was the it. same plate explosion uh, <laughs> twice. Um, <laughs> if if I were doing it and I knew it was a rush job and I needed to use the same explosion, I <laughs> would change the size right. and I would mirror it and I would maybe rotate it a little bit. It's that, it's that TV budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a as a very yeah as a cheap editor, that's what I would do. Um, and I'm sure like Mark's partner is also an editor and uh i'm sure (laughs) there's so many things you can do but they just copy and pasted it there uh i love that i love that let's start rating it and we can talk about it it as we rate it yeah um okay so first the d and drask stands for dialogue that was pretty good i mean there wasn't anything special it's not like we're quoting shakespeare or anything but right I like the, now there was a beautiful little war. And they're like, yeah, too bad they came up to an armistice. All good things must come to an end. There's just such shitty, like he really. He did say leaning. all good things must come to an end. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I just, it's very nice, like catchy, funny dialogue. Um, the don't cross me, Cork, don't ever cross me. I, th- I think is an unsubtle like reference to, uh, I think in Scarface, it says don't fuck, don't fuck with me. Don't ever fuck me or whatever. Um, good stuff, but it's mostly transactional. Yeah. Um, 3.5. I get 3.5, Darius? Yeah. How about you, Mark? I also said 3.5. I'm giving it a three myself. And it does count now. So <sighs> are you aware of that controversy, Mark? I heard about it. Big deal. Uh, we're still reeling from it. Obviously, Dylan is um, on "quote unquote" vacation, but right. you know, this is sort right. of a forced leave because of the controversy. Right. Uh, romance. <laughs> so, what I thought was going to be a zero, apparently, right. Mark, you're saying that the romance. Listen, might be- are you sure you don't want to revise your scores? <laughs> like I was, I was he- headed into this episode it recording is so homoerotic. Giving it a zero. But yeah. now you've changed my mind, and like this, there's this so move, much. This move with the hands, with the oh my god, that, oh my god, <laughs> it, I'm like oh. Now it's still one sided, so we often penalize things for that. But right. 
I'm going to, I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. I was going to go with a 2.5 because that, that really, and really I gave bumped it a, me up. I gave it a 3.5. 3.5. Okay. By the way, feel free to be a wild card. If you're like, you know what? For the me, thing this is, is five. cause, cause Gala in being in the room feels yeah. it too. And is like, mm. I, this is the person I've chosen to replace me as Haggith's little Ferengi boy. Yeah. Which yeah. is a thing. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's a thing. <laughs> Whenever I see a very obviously wealthy old gay man with a very young boy toy, I'm going to think, I'm going to think in my head, Frankie boy. Yep. <laughs> That's a thing. Oh, so, so you're Todd's Frankie boy. I'm sorry. Boy toy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, should, you should rub his ears. I'm just saying, rub his ears. But he loves that. He loves that. Yeah. Uh, uh, action. Well, we've already talked about it, but there's a, we do two of the same explosion. <laughs> you get it twice. <laughs> it makes it better. And the destroyer, the very obvious from a different TV show, but in the Paramount Asset Bank. Right, of, right. Because it's, it's all against the black screen too, right? Yeah. There isn't any like, it's all guns right there's no like jumps or like stunts or like anything like that so like them it's gonna penalize it for that what i was saying was it's a ferengi episode so to have action like this in a ferengi episode it's non space battles in ds9 like and it's it's only used once like oftentimes right. we see space battles and it's like oh that was used in that other episode and it's yeah. like this is the only time we ever see this kind of this kind of CGI used and it's only used in this episode which is why right. i i was like okay i'll give you a little bit of credit for that even though yeah, yeah. The, ex- the explosions were yeah it's like <laughs> stock footage explosions <laughs> i the, probably I should give it points for that in camp, but I'm also going to give it points for that in action. And so for me, it's it's going to get a four. It's probably high, but I'm giving it a four. Mark, I also oh, I don't. He shoots it at uh, yes, at Quark's crotch, and it pulls he to does. the right. Yeah, and that's some good effects. The like Mark's giving it a four. <laughs> okay, Mark's giving it a four. I'm giving it a two point five. Because I want to see some stunts in my action. Okay, that's fair. You you gotta give credit. Everybody in those scenes, except for Haggith, is wearing a lot of makeup. It's hard to. That's fine. We're also judging this whole thing on probably two and a half minutes worth of the entire episode. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's true. Yep. Suspense. Not a lot. I don't think. No, I can't think of any actually. I said. I said 0.5 just because he literally aims the gun and shoots it at Quark. Yeah. We don't know if the safeties are on or off. Right. For me too. You find out pretty quickly though. That the safeties are on. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 0.5 for that as well. Uh, I guess there's that sort of menacingness from Haggith too. Because he doesn't really know him yet. Yeah. Yeah. Camp. Again, for me, it's a four, five for Mark. Great. Five for Mark. Haggith, I, I, Haggith is so over the top. Yeah, yeah. actually, he is. I was, isn't he? I was gonna give it like a three point five, but you've sold me on Haggith's over the topness, and it's a five for me. Yeah. Okay. And I've got to give it a five, especially for the double explosion, <laughs> the reused explosion, the <laughs> the Thor destroyer <laughs> thing that gets blown up, uh, the flying thing. 
Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's 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 can't pulls to the right. Okay, uh, and stakes pretty low. Yeah. There's a brief moment where you think that it this could be a scary Holosuite program, but then it's immediately the stakes are annihilated. Basically, right? It's so, a zero for me. The stakes said high. zero. I said zero. Yeah, it's gonna be a zero for me as well. Okay, computer, give us our final score. Calculating. Two point five zero. Okay. Yeah. Right. That that, that, that feels right. Solid. For Considering a, for two minutes of ho- for of Hollow Sweet time, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we probably juiced that one a little bit, but the camp Camp's did great. take it very far. Yeah. Uh, so that puts it actually above Generations, the movie. Okay. And below Booby Trap, the date. Uh, with Leah Brahms on the holodeck while the Enterprise <laughs> is about to get destroyed uh, sequence. So that episode. That's, I think that fits in that area, you know, because it's like a single setting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Cool. So that puts it at 32. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's one of the, actually the higher rated Deep Space Nine throwaway Hollow Suite usage episodes. I think so. Yeah. The middle, the middle section of our ranking list, Mark, is full of Voyager. It is just stuffed to the gills. Trust of me, I've listened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, cool, uh, Mark. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. This is great. You you pulled in so much more than I think we would have even with oh, Dylan here. Easy, uh, very easily. This would have been yeah. a very bit heavy episode, probably if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We still got to do bits, but we also got to learn some stuff and like right. see right. the world expand a little bit. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's that's really great. Uh, Jan, what next, episode are we doing next week? Is Matt coming on next week? That's the question. I haven't asked Matt if he can do the week after because I've fallen behind on my duties. Okay. Um, let's give – do we have two ready to give? Just, I don't. Just, okay. I'm sorry. Well, let's Let's say – uh, let's give what what Matt's episode's going to be, and then that might actually not be it next week. But yep, and I'm trying to remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where Nate. Oh, it's Once Upon a Time. Okay, so it's the Voyager season five, episode five, called Once Upon a Time, and it's right. kind of spooky. I think uh, it's where Naomi has to Naomi Wildman on Voyager uh, gets to do those um holodeck fairy tales and like all fairy tales yeah, they get a little spooky um, that's some real spooky action right there yeah not just a <laughs> bunch of ghosts in quark's dreams uh, uh, mark um, by the way do you have anything you want to plug yeah you have a twitter account that you're not ashamed of <laughs> like mine. uh no <laughs> i don't have a twitter account that I'm not ashamed of. no no plugs keep keep listening to the podcast well that's awesome. very sweet well, Dude, you, you are so welcome much. back. You definitely, yes. like you said, have dibs on the the uh, paper episodes. moon. It's always a paper moon. DS yeah. DS Nine is my show. Um, right. Lower decks is my second favorite, um, but I'm always down for the more non conventional ones because uh, those are fun to do as well. So yeah, cool. You've been wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we are available on Apple yeah. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure to uh, follow us, um, give us a review if you feel like it. That helps. Uh, rate us. That helps yeah. too. And subscribe too. That's that way you get us every Wednesday morning. Yeah. In your inbox or whatever mm-hmm. your iPad or, or 
or Android device or BlackBerry. Right. We have an Instagram or? account uh, <laughs> at Trek to the Holodeck. We have a Twitter account at Trek to the Deck. We have a Discord server, which you can join and talk about Star Trek with all of our fans. We need about 100 more people to join our Discord 100 server. 100 more fans. We uh, yeah. we have a matching, uh, matching donation from our great sponsors at KFC, KFC that if we get 100 more people to join our Discord, they will get 100 people from KFC to join our Discord. So join yeah. the Discord. Big deal. Know. Big deal. <laughs> and not a lie. OMG. None of that was a lie. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> the, the, compute, the computer voice was provided by Verona Blue. Thank you, Verona. Intro and outro music was provided by the artist Bodyline, used with permission from the Midwest Collective. Now and I think by now... Oh, sorry. Uh, and, and by now, we've all been forced to use Paramount Plus right. to watch Star Trek. Uh, DS9 is so, still on, on Netflix. DS9 no. is still on Netflix. I watched really? it on Netflix. DS9 is still on Netflix. So if you want to watch DS9, and, yeah, Hulu, you can yeah. watch it there. I'm guessing it's a weird contract thing, but you can skip yeah. the intro. <laughs> but why would you skip the intro of that asteroid that they haven't done anything about that's right. flying right by Deep no. Space Nine? <laughs> this is the first time ever it occurred to me today while I was re-watching this episode. Like, they got to do something about that thing. That thing is going to cr- It's so close. They got to just move it. They just got to move that thing. Listen. Great intro. Oh, it's so good. It's not as good as Voyagers. It's not as good as Voyagers, which pains me to say. Voyagers has the best one. Pains me to say as a DS9 Voyager has the best intro, I think, besides Enterprise. We have nothing to do with CBS or Viacom. This is a fan podcast. Thank you for listening. We're not gatekeepers. You can like Disco or dislike it for whatever reason you want. Except for uh, yeah. Except for Computer and program. You spent virtually every free hour in the Hollow Suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. 